0: Welcome to the GW Business of Sports podcast. We talk about sports, careers, mentors, leadership, and a lot more here, and we do the show from the Foggy Bottom Campus in Washington, D.C. I'm Mark Hyman, professor in the Business of Sports program at GW. My producer is Henry Levy. We're excited about the guest on this episode of the podcast, Pops Mensa Bonsu. We had a lot to talk about. Pop's stellar basketball career at GW, his experience as a player in the National Basketball Association and in Europe, and his current role as GM of Washington's new franchise in the developmental G League. Pop surprised us with his answers to several questions. Listen to his take on analytics and their usefulness in evaluating basketball talent. My co-host this time is a senior in the business school at GW, Dakota Cinder. So, Pops, thanks for being on the podcast, and thanks for coming back to GW. Always happy to see you here. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be back on campus. I'd like to ask you about um, game day as a GM as compared to game day as a player?
1: Uh, so that's a great question because I struggle with it because I still approach game day as a GM like I would as a player. Um, I'm used to waking up in the morning and you know, getting a light breakfast in and going to shoot around and you know going through the motions in regards to the practice before um, we played and going home and taking a pregame nap. Take a pregame nap. Um, come back to the arena and prepare for the game. Now as a GM, the first few games, I was doing the exact same thing. And then I realized, I'm like, why, do I, why are you rushing home to take a nap when, you know, I have so many other things that I could be doing? And so I had to get out of the mindset of uh, being a player because I was so used to a routine that I had for so many years that um, I had to snap out of it. So to now as a GM, I wake up, still have a light breakfast, um, watch, shoot around, you know, just just get the posts of the team and the staff and see how we're feeling. And, you know, I speak with the coaches briefly, see what, you know, they're thinking in regards to the game. I'll, you know, give my thoughts to the coach and, you know, let him know, you know, where we are in the standings or where, you know, how things are going around the league so that just to see, you know, win or loss, how it can affect us because as an expansion team, Sometimes your your goals are not that high. You don't have too many expectations, but you know, we've been fortunate to To have played well over the course of the season and we have an opportunity to make the playoffs So we're setting our goals to to reaching the playoffs this year So we've come down to the point where every game is, is very critical. So uh, we do that we'll go through shoot around and you know, just uh just try to see how, the, like I said, the mood of the team, see if the players are relaxed and ready to go and relaxed but focused because, you know, as a player, I always felt like if you're too wound up or too tight um, five hours before the game, it's, 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 it's no help to you. So, you know, just make sure everybody's in, in you know, has got a, a positive mindset moving forward and then, let the players go get their nap in and I'll, you know, get some logistical stuff. I'll touch base with my community relations director in regards to tickets and any, anything else we have going on leading up to the game. And, you know, I'll come back to the gym around 4, 4.30 and just handle, um, you know, any in arena business that we have to take care of going into it. So there's a lot of other moving parts now that I'm on this side of the game, but I still think like a player. Pops, I want
0: to introduce you to Dakota Cinder. a fine student in our undergraduate program. He's a senior, and he's he's co-hosting this week, and he's mm-hmm. got the next question for you.
2: Oh, uh, thank you for coming. My first question is: so you recently had an experience with the San Antonio Spurs, a storied franchise in the NBA. How do you start building a winning culture with an expansion franchise? How do you start, you know, creating that mindset from the top, bo- from the top to the bottom, and vice versa?
1: That is a great question. My time with the Spurs, you know, goes all the way back to when I played. I played with them briefly in 2008, and just that short period of time that I played with them, I learned so much about the culture and about just how to be on a winning team. And then, you know, having scouted with them for two years these past, these past couple years, I also learned how to build a team on the front office side. So in regards to your question about how do you build from the top down, you start from the top. So I feel personally it starts with um, my actions and how I go about things. And then hopefully it, it trickles down through to the rest of the staff. And then from the staff, it should filter through to the players. So, you know, we try to establish a culture from day one. You know, we had culture workshops. We, you know, we try to not only lead by, you know, our actions, but we lead by How we speak and how we go about things on a day-to-day basis and if like I said if you establish that from your actions as a leader then everybody else should follow everything from community relations to to ticketing to coaches to players to equipment managers everybody is part of this culture so you know our culture we we um, we hang our hat on trust respect and accountability and we have a motto that we use at the GoGo, which is uh, "win every day." And if you have trust and respect and accountability, then and you can look at yourself in the mirror every single day, then you feel like you've done enough to win that day. So we take it one day at a time to make sure we continue to develop that that culture. And obviously, what the Spurs have built is decades in you know in the making. But you know, it starts from somewhere. So we're just trying to. Um, put our imprint on this organization and you know try to begin that that culture.
2: Definitely. That's really interesting to hear that and a lot of it makes sense when you add it all together, taking every day one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the scouting experience with the Spurs, obviously with the current rise of big data and your experience as a scout and now as a GM, where do you see the role uh, of trying to evaluate players between data and your own experience as a player? Like how do you evaluate players and get a holistic view of them?
1: I'd probably get killed by the Spurs if I uh, (laughs) released this information, but uh, I'm no longer with them, so it doesn't matter. We had a, as former players, we always looked at uh, data through a skewed lens. I was never really a big fan of it because analytics, if we followed the numbers in analytics, I never would have played a day in the NBA. Um, Follow analytics, you know, there's a lot of things that that would not uh, have happened. Analytics doesn't test. What's going on here? It doesn't test what's going on here, and you know that's that's a big part of the game. So at the Spurs, we we would use a puzzle puzzle piece, and we would call it eyes, ears, and numbers. So the eye test is we go watch a player play. He fits the eye test. He's he's athletic. He's he can shoot. He can pass, and he just has all the makings of a good player. Then we go to the ears, we'll do a background check in regards to intel, go to his high school coach, speak to his college coaches, you know, any family members, and just just get a mood for what his character is like. His character is a big, is a big thing in today's game. You know, you always want good guys, regardless of how they can play. And then we go to, to the numbers, and we'll see if, you know, the his on-court um, ability matches up with his character, which is the ears, and then if the numbers add up too, then we feel like we've got... Um, the makings of a a, a good player. So when you add all three together, that's the best way I say, and the best way I learn to use analytics, because analytics just has to be a piece to the puzzle. It can't be the end or be all, because it doesn't always um, correlate to success. Some people say that it can, but if the numbers add up, then yes, but now there are times when you have to have other factors to go to coincide with it.
2: Definitely. You mentioned success there. And 2012 was a really successful year for you in the Turkish Basketball League, mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to ask you maybe to run through your experience, what it was like being on a winning team and leading that winning team and how that experience translates
1: into your current work. That's a great question, I think um, when I look at 2012, I go back to 2011, uh, it's a year before the Olympics, I'm playing in, I played in, uh, I played in New Orleans that year, and I got away from New Orleans and I go play in France. and. Having a great season in France and going into the playoffs, I dislocate my shoulder and totally tear every ligament in my shoulder. And I remember, the doctors telling me you can let it heal, and there's a thirty percent chance that it can happen again, or you can have surgery and be out eight months. Mind you, this is June, June of two thousand eleven. I'm going to the Olympics, uh, July of two thousand twelve. I don't think it's you know, it's um it was in my best, my best bet to be out eight months going into the Olympics. So, you know, I was riddled with a decision. I decided to have the surgery, and, you know, I worked. I was doing two days for, six, for five, six months to the point that I was able to come back two months earlier than expected and then join the team in Turkey, and it was right around the NBA lockout. So Darren Williams from the Brooklyn Nets at the time was playing for that team in Turkey, and when the lockout ended... I joined the team and, you know, I think, you know, it was it was like a perfect storm. Everything was just happening right for us that year. We were we won all three championships in Turkey, which, you know, is a rarity in, in basketball overseas and I was the MVP of two of those leagues and like I, I went into to the Olympics playing some of my best basketball and you know, I couldn't have ask for anything, you know, more than that going into you know, probably the biggest moment of my career, especially in my hometown. So, you know, that experience when people ask me is, is probably a highlight not only in my career, but in my life to, um, to date. So I definitely um, can look back at what happened in 2011 and just to be able to persevere to get to, you know, being in the best shape of my life going into the Olympics is, is uh, um, something that definitely stands out to me.
2: Do you use those experiences when you're kind of mentoring some of the players, uh, on the go-go, do you bring some of those anecdotes and let them know that, hey, you know, right now you might be struggling, but you've had that experience where you went from injury to great success. Do you use that to motivate the players?
1: Almost oh, definitely. I, I'm new to this side of the game, but I feel like I've got a PhD in basketball. I've, I've experienced pretty much any and everything on this side of the game. I've had success in the NBA. I've been cut from the NBA. I've had success in Europe. I've played on bad teams in Europe. I've been to the Olympics, like, so there's not much a player on and, off, on and off the court can experience that I probably have, haven't gone through before or been a part of. So I use that to help the, um, with my interactions and how I engage with the players. And you know, I like to think it allows me to better communicate with them. And they have a better understanding of what they're going through because they know I've been through. I've sat in that exact same seat. They see a mirror image. Of themselves, and I feel like that's why me being on this side of the game was beneficial um, for me as well as the players because I've done that before, and I, I often use my experiences and let the players know that let my testimony be your test. So I've I've been injured before, and I always tell guys adversity doesn't build character; it reveals it. So you know when when guys are down and they're you know they're not really feeling great at that moment in time, I always, you know, revert back to, you know, what I went through in my career and some of the, how I responded to um, adversity. And, you know, hopefully i like to think it, it helps the players. And um, it's just all about using your experience. And that's what I try to do the most to, to get by.
0: Pops, you're kind of basketball royalty at GW, I would say.
1: You um, would say, I, would, I appreciate that. Thank well, you.
0: I, I think it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the team played in two NCAA tournaments, while you were here. How,
1: how has your experience at GW followed you through your career? Oh, it molded me as a man and as a player. I came into GW, you know, a role of basketball player who, you know, ran track and played soccer his whole life and, you know, had opportunities to probably go to bigger and more bigger and better schools. I would say at the time, you know, I came to GW, we were dubbed the worst team in the Atlantic 10 conference when I got there. And when I left as a senior, we were the number five team in the country. So in that four year period, that, that transformation um, changed the history of GW basketball. It changed, you know, the character and the mindset of some young men while we were there too. And I was part of it. So I often use my experience as GW to and I take it with. I, take, I took. I with me through my playing career. I took. It, I use it now as an executive, and because I saw what what success and failure was both like, and how you could respond to it, and how, how what the makeups of a good team was, and you know, like I said, that experience molded me as a man and as a player, and it's um it's, you know it's forever going to be something that um pushes me through my in my, in my career
2: given that you experienced a lot of success during your time here at GW with the basketball team, um, unfortunately the team isn't doing too well this year. Do you think right now, if they asked you to suit up and say, Hey, we (laughs) need some help on the team, do you think you can make a big, a big impact?
1: That's a funny question because um, in practices now with the go-go, like the coach, he'll ask me sometimes to jump out there and practice with the guys. And obviously I'm not the same player I was, but you know, I still try to keep in basketball shape and, and help the team out as much as I can. But, uh, you know, these guys are young. Some of these guys were, weren't even born when, when you know, in the year 2000. So they're, as far as them running up and down the court, if we could play a half-court game, I think I could help. But other than that, no, not, not, I'm not keeping up with these guys anymore. But I, I would say just my experience, just my experience of what I went through, you know, at my, my freshman year, I think we went 12 and 18. And pretty similar to what they're going through right now. And I think after they lost the first game against Stony Brook and they had the big lead and, you know, you know lost the lead and lost in overtime, I just happened to be on campus um, speaking with the coach, and he was like, hey, all the guys in the locker room, can you come in there and speak with them? I was like, most definitely, because I felt like it needed to happen. And I felt like my experience, you know, like Mark said, how do I use my experience? My experience was exactly what they were going through. I'd been through that as a freshman. We would, you know, we weren't we weren't very good. We were still trying to find our way. At one point we were starting four freshmen, three or four freshmen on a team and in a league that had, you know, two or three teams in the top twenty five. And I was two hundred pounds at the time and just getting thrown around by some of these, these, these guys and we learned by trial by fire. And I told these and I told these guys, take this experience and and don't forget what you're going through at this moment in time. When you lose, never lose the lesson. So I know it's difficult, and hopefully it's not going on deaf ears at this moment in time. But learn from this experience. Learn from these losses. Learn from, from failure, because that's the only way you can succeed, is if you fail at some point. Nobody, you, anybody that's never failed before hasn't tried. So, you know, I feel like they, they don't have any seniors on the team. Um, next year they're going to be better. They're, they're going to be stronger. They're going to... They're going to be wiser. They're going to understand how to win some games. And, and that, you know, if you just give them time, they're going to develop into a pretty good team. So I definitely look at it in a positive, you know, just in, in regards to the future because I see, I see a mirror image of who we were my freshman year in 2002. Sophomore year, we started winning some, some bigger games. And, you know, we started, you started to see what was coming down the line. By the time we were juniors, you know, we, we won the Atlantic 10. And then we was nationally ranking in senior year. Everybody remembers how that went. We were just playing with the houses money, I would say. You know, so it was. Hopefully, it can get to that point with um, with with these guys. But I just 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 hope that they get that chance and the opportunity to learn from these um, what they're going through right now. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Really Thank appreciate you. your time. Anytime, man. Anytime. Anything for GW. Anytime I can come back and. Um, Impart any wisdom, or you know, speak about my experience while here or after my life after GW. I'm always going to jump at it because GW was, uh, you know, I could, you know, it's people don't understand how college determines your life. You know, the degree you decide to get, the school you go to, the area. Like I went to GW and I spent the rest of my adult life in Washington D.C. It's my home. If I had gone to Boston College, I may have done the same. So the people you meet, the people you interact with. You know, it's determined a lot by where you decide to go to school, and for me, you know, being from London, this is this is a second home to me. So, it's um, it's near and dear to my heart to so always you know try to make sure I go above and beyond for anything gw related. Thanks again. No problem.